Sports Show. I'm your host, Patrick, and with me are my cohort, co-hosts, cousins, Justin and Derek. We are recording this episode on May 17th, 2017. We got controversy to talk about tonight. We got the NBA playoffs to talk about tonight. We got a firm and solid commitment fallen by the wayside thanks to a toddly flirtation to a Georgia's peach tonight. And we got a race coming close to the finish line for two teams. And with that, we start off with Nebraseball, which is in first place in the Big Ten. But for how long? There's a tight race between Minnesota and Nebraska right now. Minnesota swept Rutgers. And they need to lose to Purdue for Nebraska to take the spot, which means that Nebraska needs to sweep Penn State this week to get the regular season title. And that is something that has not come easy for the Huskers this season. Derek, thoughts, predictions, ulcers? Well, we talked about it last week. You know, this is uh, do or die time. And you you needed to sweep Michigan State last week, and you didn't do it. But, hey, so be it. But Penn State, Penn State should not be able to win a game against us. But it may be in Happy Valley, but they should that. not be able to beat us. We keep saying that. Though. But we still need Minnesota to lose a game now, and it, it all comes down to losing that first game against Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Justin, yeah, you know we mentioned it last week uh, about scoreboard watching, and here we are. We dropped a turd when we shouldn't have or didn't need to, and. Now we have to watch the scoreboards here on uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday while uh, Minnesota plays. Uh, fortunately, like Derek said, we it's it's an easy path forward for us. Hopefully, Penn State doesn't offer a lot of resistance apparently throughout the year for anybody. But uh, it's, it's, it's do or die time. We, we really need to get on a high note, though. Yeah. Well, that that loss that loss to Michigan State was so tough because we gave up five runs in the second inning. We had outscored our opponents by 30 runs in the second inning and had only given up nine runs in the second inning to, for the, throughout the whole year. And we gave up five in this one game. It's the same Hoensee just, just got rocked in that second inning. And they, mm-hmm. they, they, those batters can hit the ball well. They still base as well. Well, I'm surprised Michigan State don't have a better record. I guess they're a little inconsistent. But but it's a big. But it's the same bugaboo, and it's the, probably going to be the, the thing that does us in. Is as our bullpen. Yeah, I mean, that that whole well, series right there, I thought was uh, it, it was a challenging series. I mean, Michigan State they played lights out, and we were back and forth, and we're probably lucky to win the series. Actually, if you come to, if you think about it, yeah. the way especially in that uh, day three, that was back and forth. I mean, it's Michigan State's a good team, but uh, we I don't think we played as cl- uh, as crisp as what we would like at the end of the season there. Also. I think that's been a common thing with uh, Erstad. He keeps saying we haven't played a complete game yet. Yeah, go ahead, Derek. Well, on that Friday game, it's the one few games this year that you actually can't blame on our bullpen. I mean, at the end of the day, Hoensey giving up those five runs in that second inning is what killed us in that for, in that game. We just couldn't get the bats going around well enough to score more. I mean, that's we went up, to, went up two to nothing and ended up being down five to two after the end of the sixth inning or right into the second inning. That's the thing. Usually, though, he's an old reliable. Hones, he's an old reliable. Myers has been, ugh. Myers, Myers needs to come back from that injury. He needs to come back hard because he did not look good, very, very good on Sunday. And, you know, Burr Camper, he's, you know, he's getting back in the swing of things. But um, do you guys, who do you guys think is going to be like uh, the most valuable player? You know, if we do end up getting a regular season, can you guys see Mojo just being phenomenal out there? 
He's making some I, great catches out there in the outfield. I mean, he's he's doing it all. He's he's an exciting little guy to watch. He sure is. Little is right, but little guy with big heart. Yeah, Derek. Well, it's it's hard to call him an MVP though. I mean, he did have one hell of a great catch to end that game. Holy cow, was that awesome? That was incredible. Yeah. But but to call him the MVP of the season, I don't know. I don't, it's hard. I don't know that anybody ended up playing for Nebraska right now has been that consistent throughout the whole year. It's going to be hard to call anybody an MVP right now. Do you think? Do you think it kind of works against the Huskers in a way, especially this week, because you know a sweep is is essential. I mean, there's no offense about it. It's, but Erstad is always this coach that is like play each game as it comes. Don't get overly excited. Don't put too much emphasis on it. Is he going to throw that all out the window, you think? What do you mean? I would, I would hope not. I, I don't think a coach should ever change his philosophy for the last series of the season. You stick, you stick with your philosophy the way it is. That's how you win games. Justin? I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess I don't really understand the question there, really. What I'm saying, ultimately. yeah, but what I'm saying, what I'm asking is, is that should he change things up because of, you know, the fact that the, the regular season title hinges on this, that Nebraska gets the sweep? So, like, so lineup-wise? I mean, are you basic, talking about lineup? Or I, I, well, I, I think what he's trying to say is with, with coaching, is should he change his philosophy from – play day by day to, hey, we need to win this series and make the make the team start worrying about the whole series rather than just one game at yeah, a time. Yeah, like save our best for last, basically. Put it all out there. You know, this is it. This is the last series of the regular season. I don't think you can hold back at all. You can't hold back. You have to go in and win every single game. You and just you- have to. You can't hold back. You can't be saving anybody. It's kind of like when the Cubs last, last year for the World Series. They, th- they threw Chapman out there. Anytime that they could, because he was the best guy on that in that bullpen. I think Dur- Darren Nurstad needs to do the same thing. Whoever the best guy is, you can may end up working like a mule, but it is essential that you get this sweep. It, I mean, the thing is, is that he's got to put it all out there and give us at least a little bit of a thing to look forward to for the Big Ten tournament. I mean. He's got to have that mentality, I think. And, yeah, they need to definitely get the sweep. And while we segue to uh, another sweep, uh, I guess the uh, Spurs and the Warriors uh, kicked off the NBA playoffs. And I'm not saying anything about the Warriors at this point getting a sweep, heaven forbid. But I am referring to, I think, uh, which I would call, uh, you know, something that maybe uh, Zaza Pachulia should have brought to the table as far as you know sweeping the leg uh he wanted to get Kawhi Leonard down yes exactly so uh but with that being said what did you guys think of that play Justin we'll start with you you know I guess uh I can see it from both sides if you're a fan of the Spurs obviously you're going to think that was a dirty play but if you're a fan of the Warriors you know that was just business. Uh, there's a little business. bit of gray area. What's that? That was dirty business, wouldn't you say? I mean, I, I can see the argument both ways. I can see where well, the. Uh, I, I would like to hear a definitive answer. Do you personally think it was a dirty play? Thank yeah, because I hate the Warriors. No. I, I just think they're trash. So, yeah. Okay, so it's just off bias. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I'm not. So if that's a, if, if that's the case, then then uh, Lamarcus Aldrich's play was just as dirty, just because. Durant didn't get hurt when he landed on his foot. That has to be considered just as dirty. If I may, wouldn't you say that was payback, though? And haven't we seen the same thing in other sports where, hey, you go after my guy, I go after your guy? We've seen this in baseball a lot of times, Derek. Uh, I mean, maybe. Or maybe they just, neither one of them were dirty plays. Maybe it was just incidental contact. I mean, it was so little contact, there wasn't even a foul called. He put so, the foot where he needed to put it. I mean, yeah. and not to mention, it was already it was already earlier in the game, Kawhi stepped on his own teammate's foot, and that's what, you know, re-triggered it in the first place. And and Zsa Gabor's, you know, little maneuver <laughs> made it worse. Yeah, go ahead, uh, Justin. I'm not going to say it was dirty, but I think it was intentional. I really do. You know, it's kind of like uh, in football. The quarterback has a hobbled ankle. You're going to tackle the quarterback by his ankle to knock him out of the game. Well, this was kind of the same way. They knew what, what the vulnerabilities were there of Kawhi Leonard, and they took advantage of it by jumping into him. It w- wasn't a hard foul by or anything, but it wasn't dirty, but it, there, I think that it was intentional. Do you think that there's something to maybe the NBA – already kind of having meetings regarding making sure that the shooter has a clear landing area and not having anything impeding the foot coming down. I don't well, want to see him pussify the sport any more than what it already Jesus. is, really. I mean, I mean, come on. Look, it's funny because like Roger Goodell, Adam Silver, Rob Manfred, every all three of the commissioners of the big three sports are sitting here trying to wonder so much about why they're losing ratings. It's shit like that that is why we're losing ratings. You're trying to take away all the plays. So what, you don't want guys going for blocks anymore because there might be some contact? I mean, That's in baseball, they've already taken away – in baseball, we've already taken away the slide at the second base. We've taken away the collision at home. Those are like some of the most exciting plays in baseball. They can't figure out why they can't get ratings. And they also football, in football – in football, we're going to start kicking guys out for hitting guys too hard and targeting. And you're taking away all the excitement. And then these guys can't figure out why, hey, we're losing viewership. It's because you're taking away all the exciting plays. Go ahead, Justin. You're, you blo- you get a penalty for blocking too hard. <laughs> Nebraska gets flagged for blocking too hard. Come on, man. We don't it's need, you it's know all what? about the pancakes. Patrick, yeah. To- yeah. To your point, I guess, I mean, I don't know what you want. We, we talked earlier this year about the NBA, uh, the All-Star game, how it's just a terrible waste of time because there's there's no defense and no contact. I don't want the sport to get any more pussified than what it already is. All right, I don't want to get back into that. But I'm just saying that it's different when you're going up for a hard block or a hard foul because you're putting your upper body into the shooter. I mean, you're pretty much preparing yourself to get contact, whereas – Below, below the waist is vulnerable. You know, you, your knee could buckle. Your, you know, you could sprain your ankle. You could break your ankle. I mean, it's a whole, it, you know, it's almost like out of bounds, don't you think? I think if uh, he really did sweep the leg, you know, again, you know, like I said before, I can see why fans for the Spurs would be pissed. And I could see why fans on the Warriors say, yeah, that's, you know, that, that's just basketball. I, I can see it either way. It was intentional, but not dirty. So, yeah, Uh, okay. Well, let's move on then. Do you guys think that the Warriors are going to sweep the Spurs? You think the Spurs have a chance at home in San Antonio, Derek? Well, it's the Spurs. I mean, they're always going to have a chance. I don't know that they'll sweep them. 
They look but pretty they sure didn't look good in game that. two. Yeah. yeah. Game two. They but they get Ka- if they alike. if they get Kawhi Leonard back, I mean, yeah. who knows? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't it's I don't know that he is a thirty six point different in in, in in game two, but I don't I don't know. He's but if you got Kawhi Leonard back, you at least got to have a shot. Well, the if they don't get Kawhi Leonard too. back, I probably not. The others got to step up too. They made a great point um, at work about this: is that Lamarcus Aldridge was like missing was MIA. He was missing in action that game too. He's got to step up if he's going to have a role in this in this Spurs offense. Justin, well, I don't. I, I think you're putting too much emphasis on offense. Maybe defense is where they need to step up. They gave yeah, up 136. Right. They scored 100. That should be enough to win the game. One thing at a time. It kind of <laughs> it kind of gives me a lot of discouragement when they give up 100 points. Uh, Justin, do you have anything to add? Well, the Warriors, they were on. They were absolutely on last night. I didn't watch the entire game because I don't know I couldn't I don't know who would sit there. Somebody who lost the remote control, I imagine. But uh, from what I could tell, I don't know even know if Kawhi Leonard would even made a difference in that game because the Spurs, they were just on fire, shooting right I mean, they were shooting out of their butts there. You mean the Warriors? Warriors, I'm sorry, yes. <laughs> Yeah, he's already he's like me. He's already thinking ahead to the Spurs doing the same thing to the Warriors, but yeah, I it's I think it's going to be the Warriors winning this final unfortunately. And uh word to wise for Jaja Gabor, Pachula, you bring that kind of stuff to San Antonio, you get that Pachuli stink out of San Antonio and get it off the basketball court. All right. Well, I'm tell right. Marcus Aldridge to get his garbage out of there too. Hey, you know what? An eye for an eye, man. It's in the Old Testament. All right, moving on, moving on. We need to get to calmer waters here and a touching story, really, about a commitment, a deep-seated commitment between Wisconsin uh, three-star quarterback uh, Ben Bryant. Looked like that was a sure thing with uh, University of Wisconsin. And then a tawdry flirtation, a sly glance, perhaps, uh, by Georgia uh, changed things dramatically. Georgia offered, he tweeted about it, and Wisconsin dumped him just like that. Uh, you guys buying this, Derek? Well, I think this was a uh, situation where Wisconsin had another com- had ended up getting another commit for quarterback, and so to me, I think they were just looking for an excuse to drop this guy. Is that, they must have more faith in this other commit that they picked up. Commit. Look, high school players do this all the time. There's a bunch of Nebraska commits right now said, telling them, talking about the offers they're getting, tweeting them. I, the only thing I can come up with is this was just an excuse to find a reason to get rid of this kid. So, they wanted any reason to do it. So you would chalk it up to excitement like, hey, Georgia offered, you know, like a naive kid. Didn't well, yeah, I mean, what kid wouldn't? True. That's true. a that's a big offer. I mean, we may not like Georgia, it's SBC, but man. but yeah. it's a big offer. Yeah, yeah. Justin, well, I I think with this, you know, I think it's polite to do in the social media age. If you get an offer, hey, you know, acknowledge that offer. Say, you know, like what he did. He did nothing wrong. He said he's humble to receive an offer from Georgia. You know, I'm paraphrasing here, but it, sure. it, it wasn't like, yep, I'm all in. I'm going to be a bulldog. You know. It was nothing like that. He had called his coach prior to uh, tweeting it out to talk to him about it, but he was 100% committed to Wisconsin. And I just think this is a complete dirtbag move by Wisconsin. If if you if you don't really want to date that girl, don't ask her to the dance, okay? 
I mean, if you have no intention of taking her to the dance because you're going to wait for the next pretty girl, you know what? Just I, I hope this really bites them in the end when it comes down to signing day. I hope they have these silent commits that they're going to count on. And on signing day, they bail on because th- that would just be – that'd be karma right there. I, I really hate this. You know, But one of the things that yeah. Bo Pelini – uh, one of the things that he said that I really uh, was on board with is, you know, recruiting is a two-way street. You know, you don't offer a guy unless you're absolutely going to offer him and be committed to that offer. Sure, we sure. see so many schools out there that offer kids, and then they'll yank that offer at, sometimes at, in the final week of recruiting season when it counts because they found a prettier, prettier girl to take to the dance. That's right, and there's no room. And that's just – it's really garbage. And I didn't think Wisconsin was going to be one of those schools that would do these Jim Harbaugh tactics or Nick Saban tactics or anything in the SEC. But it's it, it's really it's really sad. What I would like to see, though, is I would love to see somebody in the West go out and pick this kid up. Not Nebraska, but somebody else in the like Big in the Ten Pac-12 West. Like in the Pac-12, are you going – No, no, no. I'm talking about Big Ten – Big, oh, big Big Ten, Ten West. West. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that way that kid has a chance to play against Wisconsin and offer that payback. Right. Right. One thing. One thing real quick. I, I looked at the recruiting rankings for this kid that they picked up, yeah. and you know, two four seven sports. He had a lower. The, the kid that they picked up had a lower rating overall than the guy that they just canned. I just want to throw that out there. That's interesting. You think? Well. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Derek. Well, I mean, it's, is it possible that maybe they still think he fits the system better? The lower-rated kid that, that's that's committed now. I mean, I don't know. No, I, I yeah, that's that's a valid point, and and maybe that's the reason. But I think if you're going to do something like this, you don't use a cop out like, well, you tweeted a thank thank you message to Georgia. We question your commitment when the guy had been committed, 100% committed since December. He is all in to be a Badger. He was looking forward to playing there. I had a good relationship with all the other recruits. He was 100% being a Badger. And if Wisconsin, if they want to shit can this kid, don't use this as a cop out. Just tell him, it was like, we've decided to move on. Very good point. Okay, let, yeah. Let, let, let me ask you this then, Justin. Let me ask you this then, Justin. Uh, so what, what would your thoughts be if Mike Riley had done this? I mean, we got that kicker that's not rated, that you're already upset that we picked up. So what if he pulled his scholarship? Well, you know what? It comes back to it. Uh, the same thing would apply. I don't think you offer a kid if you have no intention in honoring it, right? So if, if you're looking for a kicker, you offer a kids or, you know, 10 kids, uh, a scholarship, one of them takes it. That's your guy. You offered him. You liked him at one point. You can't ditch him now. You have to honor that commitment. It's a two-way street. And I there think has to be trust on both sides. Yeah, it, it does. You know, and we, we see Nebraska got burned by this. Was it last year or the year before? A lot of times. Yes. Each time it got made the coach angrier and angrier. Yes. Right. And, you know, and, and that's sometimes that was Mike Riley's fault because he didn't have a plan B. But I think they're sealing think that stuff up. Yeah. And hopefully we'll have some plan B's just in case this crap happens again. But, but so, with that said, with that said, if Riley pulled this crap again, how would you feel or pulled this crap? How would you feel? 
I'd feel the exact same way. I would, I would, I would hate that move. And I would just, I would lose a would lot you, of respect you, for this coaching staff. You would think differently about him, Derek. Sure. Well, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not so, I'm not hundred percent sure this isn't a possibility. I mean, we have such a small class this year that I'm afraid that we might have to drop one of these lower two guys. And, and honestly, I would think the kicker would probably be the first one to go. You want to place names out there or just positions? I'll say this. I'll, I'll just say this. I think if that happens, I don't think it'll be a uh, recruit, a current recruit, that would take the fall. I would think that it would be one of these uh, senior non-contributors that the would be that asked on the lower to, end of the depth chart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, hey, senior year, you're not panning out. Let's. Uh, True. Maybe you should you're move already, on to something. Moving on transfer. to bigger and better things down the line, anyway. And uh, I think that would. Okay. I would be, I would, I would definitely be okay with that. You know, just asking a senior guy to uh, move on from the program as opposed to screwing a recruit because that'll last right there. Uh, we do have bigger and better things down the line. And I guess the NCAA is uh, putting in some new rules regarding red shirting. Uh, Derek, do you want to go into more specifics on that? Well, with this new red shirt rule that they're trying to put in place, what it does is it allows a player to play up to four games without burning his red shirt. So it, it, it takes out from all these uh, people sitting out bowl games. If, if a guy, kid sits out a bowl game, then you can play this red shirt for, or play this red shirted player and give him a little playing time. I, I love this rule. I think they should have done this a long time ago. And hey, if they'd have done it, maybe Nebraska wouldn't have been playing Tommy Armstrong the whole season last year. Yeah, good point. Justin? Or maybe they would have been playing uh, Riker Fife. <laughs> I mm-hmm. mean, so, uh, you know, I, I saw Nick Saban's uh, remarks about it, how he's a big proponent of it. And I didn't think that I would ever agree with Nick Saban on anything. But, yeah, I know. I'm Kill me now. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is, this is an awesome rule. I mean, I, do you guys really think that this is going to pass? You think it's going to open I hope up Pandora's does. box? I, I, I don't know. It's, it seems, it almost seems like too good to be true, right? You know, it's like it's like a great idea. It makes sense for everybody. It makes sense for coaches, recruits. But you get to the NCAA, you get to that office, and you get a case of the dumb shits, and uh, they're like they're going to shoot it down in, because yeah, yeah. yeah, bureaucracy, and you know because common sense doesn't really work in those offices up there i would love to see it it would it would just be really exciting just to see you know when we're playing arkansas state you know and uh you know maybe uh we'll, we'll say Lindsay. you know taiwan sure. Lindsay. sure sure of course he's probably going to be playing this year but this gives it, somebody a chance to say hey do we redshirt this guy or let's do we see what he can do right i mean it, it right. gives an extra well, yeah, evaluation I, period for the coaches and the players to prove themselves. Maybe gives a. I, I think a. Be, I think a better. I, I think a better example for you, Justin, would have been like Keyshawn Johnson Jr. Oh, he's yeah. going to be an all-star. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's got the name for it. I mean, he, he would be a prime. Is- he would be a prime example of a guy that hey, let's play him a little bit in the first game, see what he can do, and 
you know, he sat out half the spring with that, with his illness. Sure. So we really don't know what he can do. So, I mean, he would be a prime example of how this red shirt rule yeah. change would just really help out. Exactly. It, 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 I think it simplifies coaching a little bit, especially. Well, it, I think, think it's better. Recruiting aspect. Just think about it. Uh, my mind's going blank, but what was that running back? The, the guy that we got from Wisconsin stole from Wisconsin and he came in. Say again. Jordan Stevenson. Yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan Stevenson. That's right. Just think, just think for example, if uh, we could have played him four games and it wasn't working out like, okay, we are going to red shirt you. How would that have changed things instead of just burning a red shirt, you know? Yeah. Throw him to the hey, wall. He probably gone. still would have transferred. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me – okay. Does, does this alter the philosophy of the student-athlete in, in college athletics to uh, a, a pretty dramatic point, or has that already been happening already and we're just going, fine, if you can't beat them, join them? I would argue that I think this would only strengthen competition because those, uh, those true freshmen that are sitting there that are on the cusp, but they don't know if they're going to play or red shirt. They're definitely going to keep on their game, keep on getting better, keep training hard, keep learning the playbook because they can still play four games this year. All they got to do is prove that they deserve four games and they still get another four years of eligibility. Sometimes I think maybe some of these recruits, if they know that they're going to be redshirting, they kind of dial it back a Slack bit. off a little bit. And, and there's like, yeah, they know they're redshirting. And they're, you know, they get molly called basically. Sure. Derek. I mean, yeah, I agree with Justin. I, I think that, that it definitely adds more competition to the whole field. I mean, do you think that if, 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 like if you, a- if you know that, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, please. No, you go ahead. I'm sorry. All right. But what I'm saying is, is that do you think this might create a trend, though, where, yeah, you're you're young and you're hungry and you want to prove yourself. But what happens when you reach your senior year and you're already kind of burned out on the whole college thing and it's up to the next younger guys to keep doing it? It's like the senior year is almost kind of bypassed because it's like, what do I, what do I have to prove? Instead of your senior year being saving the best for last and being a leader on the team. I, well, I, I don't see that happening at all. I mean, you, you, there's there's a way to stop that trend too. If you if you if that's the way the trend starts going, then as a coach, you have to start going. I don't care if you're a senior; you're going to sit on sit on your ass. You're a ripe pine. Yeah, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play the younger, hungrier guy. Yeah, it's basically you know I'm not even going to give you the choice. You're not going to be a Genevian clowny. You're just going to sit your ass on the pine, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys see any other negatives that would come out of having true freshmen the ability to play four games without losing the red shirt? I, I don't. I, don't, I, I, yeah. I like the rule. I, I don't see many negatives at all. You think and it could happen for, this walk, for the new walk-on, that he might go that route if uh, the NCAA decides to do this? Or has he already kind of proven himself? The, the walk-on running back. can't remember his name. I should remember his name, but I don't. I, You're talking about Wyatt Mazur? Yeah, exactly. Wyatt, he already redshirted. Like okay, so he's already... He? Okay, I didn't know but that. Anyway, yeah, I mean, it applies to everybody. So I think I think it's a great thing. I mean... Oh, okay, well, on with the... Yeah, that, that's why, out with the old and I, with the new, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I kind of think that it just sounds too good to be true 
and it won't happen because the NCAA will throw some some piece out there that doesn't even make sense why it can't happen. That's why I love you, Justin. I, You're so positive. All right. I, I would even be okay. I would even be okay if they dropped it from four games to like say two. Yeah, that's I don't necessarily think it needs to be four games. I mean, I don't, don't even be okay with just two. Range games. though, you want to be able to have like an average out. Like, what was their best game? What was their worst game? Two is a little. I mean, that's. Uh, it's better than none, Patrick. Yeah. Right. I mean, okay. Okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. Two is better than none. Remember that. So, kids. so you know, uh, there was an off-season topic when they were talking about to make the bowl games a little bit more interesting, since people were leaving. You know, there was that idea. Well, let the uh, the redshirt freshmen just be bowl eligible. Let them play in the bowl games. And I thought that was a brilliant idea. Right, right. And this is just like icing on the cake. I was completely on board with just one bowl game. Now you're saying that, hey, we can do this in the regular season too? Hell yeah. <laughs> I think that speaks for everyone. All right, I think that's going to wrap it up here for the CuzCast. Uh, if you want to hit us up, visit us on our Facebook page and follow us on Podbean. We're also available on iTunes. And don't forget to like us and write a review. Help us get lots of likes and lots of ratings. Email us at huskercuzcast at yahoo.com for comments, questions, suggestions on topics for future episodes, praise, more praise, or trolls to your heart's content. We will see you next Wednesday. Until next time, I go a big Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask why. Oh, don't ask why. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar.